2: Welcome to episode 130 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary, and I'm wearing all black in morning because summer is over. <laughs> it's like the most downtrodden way to start a podcast.
0: Awesome. It's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> we lost all our listeners, but it's okay. Oh, no. because we're still here.
2: I love summer so much. It's my favorite time of year. I love the beach. I love the sun. I'm not ready for this.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. I Well, there were a few times that I, the heat started to annoy me. The heat and humidity started to annoy me for the most part. I was, the other day it got a little bit cooler and I was like, weather's changing. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, ugh.
2: You can feel it in the Northeast right now. It's already starting to mm-hmm. get, there's a different feeling of the, the air in the mornings and at night. yeah. Even if it's 80 degrees during the day, you know, fall is coming. Mm -hmm. I know many of our listeners, their kids have probably already been in school for a very long time. Ours have not. so (laughs) It really does feel like a very sort of transitional time.
0: It is. Yeah. September. Yeah. September is always, it's always weird to transition like back to school, but this year it's really crazy.
2: Super weird. Super weird. Yeah. That's a good segue into our topic. Launches. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was gonna say connect the dots for me. On I'm that gonna one. do it.
2: Ready? Are you okay. we're launching our kids into school? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, now we've gotten our listeners back because they love yeah. us you are so funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and by launch I mean I'm actually gonna stick them in a giant like um, slingshot and just <laughs> shoot them the five blocks to school because they need to go. It's time. Go back to school.
0: We'll throw some, some confetti at the same time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Make it a real thing. That's true. My girls went back this week and it feels weird. feels great, but it feels weird.
2: Yeah, we, we had to pick up my older son's Chromebook. They have like a Chromebook initiative for all the kids that are yeah. third grade and older. And so my older son has uh, had got a Chromebook. So we picked that up today. And we're getting instructions about the Google Classroom and Google Meet. And I was just like, oh man, it's coming. It's real. I didn't I didn't
0: launch my kids
2: with a slingshot, you know, the few blocks
0: to school, but I, I did do a happy dance.
2: <laughs> Mentally you did it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to do that actually.
0: Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that goes up there with using royalty free music.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we delight each other today. We do. But yes, thank you for connecting those dots to launching. Uh, Yeah, we have an awesome guest today. It is my good friend, Jessica Rodriguez. And she talks, she is like a launch guru. This woman, she knows it all about courses, membership, you name it, you're launching it, she's the woman. And what I liked about it is she broke it down into the different types of launches. And I think that's kind of fun because you and I, have experienced both. I'm in the process of launching my courses, but I'm not doing like an open cart for a certain amount of time because the nature of my product doesn't really lend to that. Um, But you in your membership community, you have a finite amount of time that your cart is open. And I feel like those are just two totally different experiences. And Jessica shares some awesome tips for both types.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to know and understand like what you're offering and how that would fit for who you're offering it to. And it makes a difference.
2: Yeah. It just, when I really sat down and thought about it, cause conventional wisdom is, you know, you need to drum up all the interest. You need to do a ton of email marketing. You need to keep the card open, incentivize, incentivize, incentivize bonuses, all this good stuff. But when I thought about it, the, the product that I've created with like on legal topics, you know, courses about legal topics that people often don't understand it, made no sense because people sort of need it when they need it. So I'd rather leave Mm -hmm. it open. And frankly, it's a great tool in my legal practice to refer people to who maybe are just dipping their toe in and are not even sure where to turn. It will actually, I think, save them money down the road because they'll have this basis and they'll know whether or not, you know, what the right questions are to ask. So it just made sense to leave it open.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And mine, yeah, is basically kind of the opposite. I mean, it's it's about the relationships and building the community and the support. And that's something that I didn't want like a revolving open door to with people just in and out because it's really about making those connections. So.
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense. And and Jessica, I really like talking to her about both because I think, you know, people are moving away from the open cart and then some people are so into it. Like it's just, there's Mm -hmm. room for both. So Mm -hmm. she gives great information and she's been doing it a long time and she, she knows it all. I am in a, like a mastermind with Jessica. It's sort of like a peer one that we've created with, um, Amber De La Garza and Amanda Berlin as well. And so that's how I've gotten to know Jessica and she's awesome. I ask her all the questions. So she is really great. She is a really great resource. Definitely check her stuff out. Perhaps I should just give her bio and just just tell everyone without me just gushing about her. Great idea. As the founder of Freedom Driven Success, Jessica Rodriguez has an unapologetic mission to help purpose-driven businesses expand beyond a one-on-one reliant business model with scalable offers that allow them to amplify their impact and profit, all while working less in the process. Not one to shy away from sharing the whole kit and caboodle, the freedom-driven success blog is jam-packed with straightforward strategies, behind-the-scenes insights, and powerful insights about what it really takes to run a business that serves you first. Her clients to courses framework guides women through her proven framework to break free from their maxed out business model and create sustainability through the power of profitable online courses. When not talking all things business, you can find Jessica making inappropriate jokes with her hubby, trying and failing to keep her fur babies from taking over the house, curled up on the couch, binging friends or traveling to experience whatever next adventure life begins. And now on to the interview. I am so excited today. I am here with my very good friend, Jess Rodriguez from Freedom Driven Success. Jess, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. Yeah. So Jess
2: and I have known each other for quite some time. We actually met through a mastermind accountability group um, and have just stayed. We've This is one that we was coordinated by our friend Amber. And we've stayed with it. And it's been particularly during this COVID time, amazing. And Jess's superpower is courses and making them profitable and memberships. And so I wanted to bring Jess on because we've talked about courses in the past and creation, but what we haven't gotten to is how on earth do you sell it once you've created it? So Jess, can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So I am the founder of Freedom Driven Success and our focus is helping people break free from a one-on-one reliant business model and really leverage the power of scalable offers like courses in order to live the life they actually started their business to have. Because, you know, we get into business and we want freedom and we want to do what we want when we want and help people. And a lot of times what starts to happen is quite the opposite, where we start to create this way of business that does have us on call to everyone. And I was that person. So really being able to have these offers that can work outside of you being in your business was so transformative to me that I knew I needed to help other people do the same.
2: I love that. So let's start a little bit just to get some background. I know you have a framework um, that you work through with clients who may be coming from that one-on-one service place and are feeling that overwhelm. I get that. I mean, in, as a lawyer and in a law practice, for me to scale required hiring because mm-hmm. um, there's a certain number of hours in the day, as I found out, which I just <laughs> was not paying any attention to. And so that scaling looks a little bit different, but a lot of people don't want to hire or are not looking to build, or you hit a point, like I'm in my law firm. I don't want to hire anymore. I'm very happy where I am. So where am I going to go? If I'm thinking, what am I going to do next? How am I going to create that other income stream? Cause I may not want to get rid of my service one-on-one, but maybe I want some diversity.
1: And I think that's one of the misconceptions that people have where it's, if you are going into something like creating a course, it's because I don't want to work with clients anymore. I can't stand my clients or, you know, any of those type of things. And that's not true. It's just a matter of if you want that to be the new lead income stream in your business, you have that option. If you want it to just be an additional revenue stream alongside your client work, you have that as well and you can diversify. So really it's just giving you more power of choice in your business as far as I'm concerned. But we have to make sure that whatever you're creating is something that is going to fully serve your market and is actually going to sell to that market because otherwise you don't really have much there, right? You're not gonna be able to see the return that you're looking for.
2: Yeah, so where do you start if you're, maybe I've created nothing.
1: So if you are at the very beginning, we consider this our clients to courses framework. And the first piece is always going to be getting clear on what it is you actually want so that alignment piece not just on a personal level which of course you need to do because we all have different monetary goals in our business for different reasons and we all have different definitions of freedom so really getting clear on that versus i need a course just because somebody told me i need a course or just because it's going to make me money well Does it fit in your business? We have to actually talk about that piece first and also making sure that all of the content that you're putting out into the world and how you're showing up does relate to that top tier goal. So we're always starting with that alignment piece first. And then from there, we go into validate. So this is where we are making sure that you are not creating any new offer in your business before people have paid you for it in advance. So, you are able to show up and say, you know, here is an outline. So, you did take the work of mapping everything out, use your market research, right? You're going in with the educated approach of what's going to serve your people, but you're not actually recording anything. You're not buying the tools or any of that, hiring your team yet until you know that you have cash in hand. Because when you do, you know that your offer is validated and or guaranteed, the only way you can actually guarantee it is people pay for it. So I would much rather do that first than to invest in all of the different pieces that happen next in the process, which then leads us over to what we consider our Amplify stage. So this is when you are going into a live launch, because you have now had people go through the first version of your course, they got results. Now you can take the income you generated and hire certain people to help. You can do things like your webinars, challenges, all the things we see out there. As far as marketing, a course, you can do that live, make that income from it. You know it's something that is more than validated already before you got to that point which means that you're willing to give the time, the effort, the focus, because you already eliminated the biggest fear people have, which is what if it doesn't sell? Well, we already did sell it. So now it's taking all the messaging, and everything that worked, amplifying that. And then the final phase we take people through is expanding from there. So this is where we are getting very streamlined about taking you out of the business now. So we do have that offer, but now what systems need to be in place in order to sell that, what team members now need to be in place because you can afford for them to be in there and you actually know what you're giving them to do. And then the funnel that is starting to be built now in order to sell that in either an evergreen fashion, if you would like to, or you are just building leads until your next live launch. So we'll talk more about that as far as selling because it kind of breaks off in different ways.
2: Oh, I love that. Okay. So let's go into the sales piece. Mm-hmm. Um, let's assume, cause I feel like for me and then talking to clients of mine, that's where I think the mystery is. Um, many of my clients and even myself who is going to launch a course. Yay. Exciting. We know what we want. We have validated it. We know people have paid for it over and over and over again. And now we know we need to just put it in maybe a different form in some way to make it more scalable. So where does someone start, right? We're in that space where we're ready to amplify to use your words,
1: Yes. And the first thing is going to be the decision as far as the best approach for your course. So Is this a course that you want to live launch, which means that you are going to get a good amount of money in, in short periods of time. So it's not going to have that same stability, so to speak, because maybe you're going to launch it once a quarter throughout the year, but you know, it's a surge for your business. And because of that, you are strategically planning out the profit that comes from that in order to sustain other months in your business. Now, the great thing about that is I always recommend that at least you have done a live launch two or three times, even if you don't want to do live launching again, um, just because you get so much information during that sales process that once you turn it evergreen, it's just a matter of a lot of copy paste, a lot of everything you've learned. You're just moving over to evergreen. Um, live tends to convert better too. So you can really start to see your numbers where if you're not able to convert it live, evergreen isn't going to necessarily fix it. So we want to make sure you're being strategic about why you're doing those things. Now, if you're somebody that says, you know what, I really like more stability in my income, and I would rather have you know, my baseline of what I'm making each month and then we can scale it and, you know, we can continue to be flexible with it. It's something that can always be offered in my business. Then this is someone that I start leaning into evergreen with asking number one, are we making sure that you're going in evergreen for the right reasons? So you're not doing it from a place of I'm afraid to sell or, you know, anything like that, because that won't fix that issue. Is it a strategic decision that you're making? because that fits with the income model you want for your business. And if so, then this leads us to the course itself. Is this something that is a low ticket offer where we have the option to just you know, sell it flat out, you don't really need a lot of nurturing for it because it is under that $200 threshold? Or is it something where we're looking at a 997, and we see those kind of courses a lot here, and up where you are going to need some kind of evergreen webinar or something to that extent, because somebody's not just going to drop that money right away without being warmed up, especially if you're going out to cold audiences. So really making those decisions as far as first, if you want to do live, if you want to do evergreen, or if you want a hybrid of the two, which really just looks like you have an evergreen system that is on month after month, but there are certain months that you shut it off and you do a live launch. And then once the launch is done, you turn evergreen back on.
2: Well, that's so interesting. I never thought about it having to sort of go. And so I assume that depending on whether you choose live or evergreen, your sales process is going to look different. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about live to start. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like we, we see a lot of those, right? The famous live launches where someone's like, I made a million dollars in 30 days or like four days or something crazy. And so let's talk about the live launch.
1: Yes. The live launch. That is something that of course it has its pros and cons. So when you are going in, you're giving everything you and your team are showing up fully, which means that on the back end, you have to be very aware, self-care, your energy all of those pieces because you only get that shot, right? Like you're going live. It's not like you can go back and edit and change it and things like that. So you're really in the trenches with that. So I always, always suggest like, as you're going through a live launch, you have to remember to give yourself grace over and over because things will break. Things will go wrong. It's okay. Everyone's do everyone's does that. I can't even speak English today, Um, but The key thing with your live launch is knowing that it's not just this one week you're selling. You have to be able for your business to have about three months of focus on that live launch. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And then they go into a live launch, they're not hitting their goals, they're struggling, and then they think their course is the problem, but they didn't actually give it enough time to nurture their audience appropriately. So having that very first month is just planning. It is getting your live launch planned and starting to create the pieces. So let's say you're doing a live launch that has a webinar. Well, let's start getting those slides delegated to who's doing that and the outline, the emails, all of that, because the more you can front load that, the easier you can just show up like you want to for the live. And then during that same first month, you're starting to put out your runway content. So this is content that's very specific to the offer you're about to launch, even though you're not talking about the paid product itself, you are making sure that content is strategic and you're relating apples to apples, right? And it's not like I did all of this content on legal and then all of a sudden I go buy my course about creating a course. And they're like, I, I thought the problem was legal. We were talking about these past couple of months, right? Like it's too sense. confusing. Yeah. So giving them that full, it winds up being 60 days. So your first month is planning and starting that runway content. And then your second month is finishing up, you know, anything that needs to be done in advance, doing your runway content, it's still going out. Um, and then in that third month is when you're actually doing the things that people realize you're launching with. So that is when you are promoting to your sales driver, which I refer to as any, your webinar your challenge, your uh, video series, anything that is going to pitch to it at the end, that's your sales driver. So, this gives you enough time to get enough traffic in, enough people that are signing up, enough data. To say, okay, if this didn't work, like we need to try something else or tweak our content, all of that. So if you're trying to shove a live launch in a two week period and saying, we're just going to get everything done, you didn't really give yourself the time and space needed for you to sell the way you want to in order to actually hit those sales goals because that live launch, it is going to be a surge of income. But that doesn't mean it's treated that same way, right? It doesn't mean that you only take this short period of time. You're still planning it fully out just like it needs to be in order for it to be successful for you.
2: That makes so much sense. Um, I'd love to talk about so the I like the I love that. Um, the content that you were talking about, and then the sales driver. So during this time when you're creating this content, are we talking to our mailing list, our social media channels? Are we trying to just get people onto our list utilizing that? Are we using ads? What is going into those month two and three leading up so that you actually have someone who can show up and click buy?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So this content Typically, I recommend once a week. This is your expertise content. So, like for you, it would be the podcast. It is that one thing that you're going to show up for for others. It's going to be a blog, it's going to be a video. The easiest is always the easiest for you, right? The one that you can show up on consistently. That's where those two months are spent. Where Mm -hmm. once a week, you're putting out that one piece of quality content that's directly related to what you're about to be selling Mm -hmm. so that you are starting to. One, share that content on the specific platform. So let's say it's a podcast. So we'll use that for an example. You're sharing your podcast. And then just like you would do normally, you are going to be taking pieces from that and sharing it on social media, linking them back to the podcast. And on that podcast episode is going to have some type of opt-in that says, hey, they're, they're raising their hand for this need. They really are looking for this type of support. And this means that every single time you do that new content, so you're going to have about eight pieces of content throughout those two months with every one you're linking to that same Mm opt-in and that opt-in again relates directly to the course. So this is why I believe so much in validating your course first. And then when you go to your launch, you run all of that. Then you create your opt-in because Mm -hmm. now, you know, like this course isn't going anywhere where typically people will create an opt-in, they build their list, they try to sell an offer, it doesn't work. And then they go, oh, I got to start building the list all over again. And you keep doing this cycle. Mm. So instead we're flipping that so that that opt-in, you already know what they're looking for because you've already been selling the course. It's just a matter of uh, what goes with that course that has people raising their hand to self-identify that they need that course. Mm. So you're sharing that you know, throughout those eight weeks. And this starts to now build that really warm list. Now, if your budget allows for it, I would absolutely put ads to that content. Video is gonna run you a little bit less just cause the way video is with ads, but having a set amount of your ad budget there, because this means when you do go to promote your sales driver, let's use a webinar as an example here. When you do go to promote your live webinar, You're going to retarget everybody who has engaged on, let's say, your uh, show notes site, anyone who's engaged in any social platform because you can retarget for Instagram and Facebook. You are going to get everyone from your email list who has signed up. Now, it's a matter of all this content has gone out. Anyone who has engaged with it, obviously, they're going to be interested in that sales driver content Mm -hmm. because it's all related. You've planned it all out. So now it's letting them know, hey, we have this next step. We want you to come in for it. And these are now very warm leads versus all these cold ads going out to your webinar where they don't know you yet. Well, these Mm -hmm. people have gotten to know you throughout these two months and have had value poured into them already.
2: Oh, I like that. So let's move to Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about the person who decides, you know what the type of course maybe I'm creating is not going to go crazy on a live launch, but it's more of a slow burn because it's just what the, whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. how do you approach that? And how is that different than a live launch?
1: Yeah. So, so you're evergreen. This is where you are building a lot of pieces of the puzzle all at the same time to get it up. It's just the way it goes. You're going to do the front end work to get the back end reward, Um, with this. So it is going to be similar to a launch where you are, depending on your price point, you're probably going to need a sales driver. And I'm assuming most people listening are going to be at that price point Mm -hmm. where you do need something that is going to nurture people first. So you're still going to be creating that content. The biggest difference here is that it doesn't necessarily have to be live. So you can record the whole um, webinar have that set and then run it, let people go through it and then test. Okay. Is this selling? If not, where are we losing people? Where are we um, dropping sales so that we can fix that? So the biggest thing with Evergreen is sitting out and first saying, we need the plan just like you would with the launch. So that plan is just going to be different because instead of us saying, we're going on live stream or the webinar this day, it's, We're still writing emails, we're still promoting, we're still doing that upfront runway content only because when it's evergreen, we can keep sharing that content. Now it's not for that limited period, but if you see one piece of content that you put out in those two months did really, really well, well then we're gonna put ad money behind that, let people see that first and then get an ad that has them coming into your webinar because we already know that warms people up for an evergreen approach, uh, approach to that offer so you're writing out your plan and then i i typically see it takes about two months to execute that even with the team because you have other things going on in your business so it's still this three-month process whether it's a live launch or an evergreen the only difference is with an evergreen after those that three months is done the rest is just tweaking It's never going to be set it and forget it. So you're going to go in and tweak it, but you don't necessarily have to take that whole time back out again. Um, And that's where a lot of the pros come in as far as the evergreen side of just being able to have that work working for you over and over.
2: So for an evergreen product, say the price point is... 200 or whatever. It's a smaller amount, not mm-hmm. the thousand dollar course. Do even those $200 courses require like a webinar or something to get people more used to you? Or is it a little bit easier of a sell? Cause they're cheaper.
1: Yep. So with that one, no webinar, nothing to that extent. Instead, what we're going to do is have that opt-in that directly relates with it. And again, the the biggest thing about the opt-in is making sure that anyone who's signing up for that is essentially self-selecting them as a good fit for the course. So you're making sure just like your runway content, your opt-in directly relates to what it is that you're actually selling. And once they are coming in for that opt-in, then you are doing a series of emails. So this is typically about five emails in total. Actually, I'll walk you through um, what these look like. So you are going to have your first email and that is giving them exactly what they downloaded. This is letting them know a little bit about you, specifically why you're different than other people in the industry, because Mm. you want them to really grab onto you or be repelled at that first email of like, Oh, okay. Her download may have been good, but she's not my people. You know? like, <laughs> I love it, that. It's just one of those. I always try to add something in there about myself that I know will deter certain people, but make other people just like, oh, we're here. We're here for this. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So in that first email, don't let that be a boring email because it's the one that has the most opens. So leverage that to your advantage. And it also links them to the social platform you're on the most. So this is going to be the best place that they find you. If you have a podcast, it's most likely going to be the podcast because of course you want people to come through that way. And then your second email is giving some additional value of the next question they would be asking. So Mm -hmm. if they went through your opt-in, what is the next logical thing that they'll go? Oh, well, that's nice. But like there's going to be that question that they have. And this is knowing your audience and talking them through that. So, hey, you're probably wondering, what about this? Maybe you have another podcast episode or a blog or something that already helps them in that way. And all we're doing is giving them additional value that's going to help support both the opt-in. So it's the next logical question of the opt-in. But don't forget that also still has to tie into the course you're about to sell. So this is just like when we're talking runway content, you want everything to be cohesive. You may have an amazing piece of content, but it's on a totally different topic. It's not for now. That's later you can send out, but not during this time because they came in for a very specific need. So we want to be aware of that. And then in that third email, this is where it's more of that story share. So this is telling them about a time that you struggled in that area or a client doesn't, it's not always your personal story so something that a client may have went through and how they were able to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And I always like to think if you're struggling with like what story do I use because of course there's so many different ones is what is the one that was probably the reason you created your course in the first place?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that is an easy lead in to this is exactly why I created blank so you're able to say that at the end of the email. It's no hard sell, it's just like an FYI I created it because this happened, because I, like I saw it. this and I saw it happen over and over again. Yeah. So you're really being intentional about that story. And then the next two emails are straight sales emails. So these are your typical, you know, launch emails or sales emails. That you are pulling content from your sales page and really letting them know that they have the next 48 or you could do 72 hours uh, in order to purchase this. Mm. So you are leading them right to a sale because it is a price that's easy for people to buy that way without necessarily having to be nurtured.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible advice. I love it. I feel like there's an actual real framework that you've put together. (laughs) So we've sold our courses um, as we wrap up. I want you because I know systems and are your jam. You love them. So I'd love you to just give a quick sort of synopsis on some of the things that you talk about when you're working with clients who have very successful courses or have sold that products really well. But now they're like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. And I really need to streamline this a little bit more.
1: Yes. So the first thing is really looking at all of your tools. And seeing, are they still working for me like they did before? Because you can outgrow things very quickly. Um, And then from there, really doing the research and asking around as far as what systems are going to be the best fit for your specific business right now. We have a couple of clients going through kind of that like, internal crisis where it's like, if I move, but this one doesn't have this one feature and this one doesn't have (laughs) this one feature. And I'm like, Oh, I know, (laughs) because there's no perfect system at all. So for me, it's always thinking, make the best decision with what's right in front of you, go into it, get your team worst case, you have to move. And I have had to move, you know, a couple of times throughout the years. And it's not easy to like move your systems and things like that. But you'll get a lot further just selecting the thing, right? Like try the webinar software, try the convert kit or, you know, whatever email uh, service you want, just get in, set them up and, and or hire someone to do it for you and know that it will not be perfect. You you can't chase that because you'll never get anywhere.
2: Got it. Oh, that's so helpful. Please tell everyone where they can find you. You are just a plethora of information.
1: Yes, I can be found at freedomdriven success.com. Also freedomdriven success, Instagram, Facebook, all the social outlets. I do love to hang more on Instagram though. So just an FYI.
2: You and me both my friend, <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on for giving all of, I mean, I took pages upon pages of notes. So this is so incredibly helpful. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: She's of course genius.
2: She is. I'm a big that's fan. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could, there's really good tips, and I was I was pretty excited. I mean, I won't lie. I asked her all the questions I wanted to know
0: the answer <laughs> to. <laughs> As you should.
2: Yeah, you know,
0: it's good. It helps. It helps everyone else because that's what other people. I mean, chances are that's exactly what other people want to know too. Whoever's planning to
2: to launch something. She's also kind of an Instagram reels genius. She's all over reels. So you should definitely check her out on social Instagram in particular. And her blog does have a ton of information. I've used that resource more than once. Cool. We want to hear about your launches, whether it's your launching of your children into school, or if you're launching your children into virtual school, or you've launched into homeschool or you've launched into not leaving your house. I don't know. You tell us, what are you launching? Or it's a product or a course. We'd love to hear about those too. <laughs> or, or it's your
0: actual job or your yeah. actual work.
2: The reason you listen to this podcast is to get information about your actual job. Fine. If you have a course or a membership, you can mention those two. If you're not already in the HQ, you can find us at the Fearless Business Podcast HQ in Facebook. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.
0: As always, we love reviews. So please leave us your stars or your heart or whatever they are. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com.
2: And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time.